everybody. Thank you, Sensei Mario, for, for agreeing to come on my podcast again. While When we started discussing having another podcast, we've kind of gone from a world in panic and chaos to one that's in a lockdown and social isolation. Um, I suppose you could say the panic has, and the chaos has moved to something more internal rather than external. How are you coping with the lockdown? Well, I think um, the same as everybody else. Um, there's a huge factor of fear. Um, of the unknown. You know, I think most of us feel that we could do this for a couple of weeks, but um, there's huge anxiety with what if it carries on longer than that. Mm. And this, this, this is serious fear. And it, I mean, because this has never happened before, no one really knows. Um, yeah, there's huge anxiety. There's, there's, there's a lot of worry about the future. I mean, especially having a small business I think the small businesses are going to struggle. Obviously, having a few days now to, to get into it and to start thinking about it, um, I do see a lot of positives. We're moving now, I think, from a mindset of how does this affect us individually to how does this affect us as a community. And I think as this progresses, our mindset's going to be changing quite a bit. I think right at the beginning, everybody was me, me, me. How does this affect me? This is so unfair. This is not right. I'm, not, I'm struggling to the point where now that we're seeing all the struggle, all these people in pain, all these people really, really suffering, we're starting to see that this might be a communal problem and we're only going to be able to solve it um, communally and not just by collecting food or collecting toilet paper. That's not the solution to this. Yeah. So I have a lot I have a lot on my mind about say anxiety, uh, fear for the future. That is that is probably um, one of the main things at the moment. In terms of being a martial artist and a teacher, do you have any you insights saying? in terms of how we can cope with our situation from our end. Um, you know, you've, you've mentioned that we need to cope communally, but community still starts from an individual perspective. So, you know, we have to come together as individuals. And if we're not coping as individuals, is there anything in terms of mindset that we can look at employing? Uh, very much so. As a martial artist, um, we spend our lives preparing for adversity. We are training consistently in case our lives are disrupted in some way. I think most people think that the disruption is going to be a physical attack where you need to defend yourself. But um, I think as you progress in martial arts, you'll understand that you're not really preparing for that. If you're lucky, you, you can go through your whole life not being attacked. And therefore, the training that we do is, is more preparation for adversity, for disruption, and, um, and learning how to deal with it. So... Yes, I mean, as a martial artist, we, we train for this, maybe not exactly in the same way, but we train for this kind of, of, of adversity and, and the skills that we would use if it was a physical attack or threat, um, I think can be very, very helpful in this situation as well. We want to um, obviously try and be calm. I think being calm at the beginning is very, very difficult. But I think analyzing the threat, understanding what you can and can't do, I do believe there are, in this situation, there are things that we have to accept. We have to accept that this is not personal. This is not something you've done. And because you've done it, you are now um, being punished for it. 
The fact is that uh, everybody is in a similar boat. Everybody is going to be struggling. And, and there is definitely some sort of comfort in the fact that everybody is struggling and that it is not just you. I think the people that are struggling the most are those that are, are, are feeling that it's a personal attack on them. It's, it's they are struggling, therefore that is the only problem. I think when you start looking at and analyzing the threat and understanding that this is a global threat, this is something that is completely out of our control and you start accepting that this, there is no change. Nothing you do today is going to get rid of the virus or, or get rid of this situation. So what we have to understand is control that which we can and accept that which is not controllable. The virus to us as the layman, the average person, there are people working on it obviously, is going to have to run its course. And we have to have some sort of um, belief, faith, that we will come out at the end. And, and I do believe we will come out at the end, and I, I believe we will come out uh, changed. I hope we will come out changed. I hope there will be a difference in how we live our lives. Um, I do believe most people will just go back to and forget this completely, but, but, but maybe a percentage of people will learn from this and, and, and go forward in a different way. Um, so, you were asking what, what, <laughs> what can we as martial artists, and everybody can do it, discipline. I think um, we need discipline right now. We need not only self-discipline, but we need to have discipline in our families. We need to have discipline in our communities. And a lack of discipline is not going to help in any way. If anything, I believe that you need to be more disciplined during this time because there is disruption. And, and there is a difference between doing something every day as a ritual, or ritual is not the right word, but waking up, going to school, going to work, coming home, uh, eating, that, 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 that's not discipline. That is, that is just getting through your life. Right now we have this disruption and it's so easy for you to go, well, it's not my fault, I can't do anything about it, so therefore I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV for three weeks or four weeks. Or, and I don't think that's that helps. I think that's going to aid in, in depression. I think it's going to aid in anxiety. And I think you need to have a disciplined life, a disciplined plan for the next few weeks. And it's not easy. I mean, just from an eating perspective, uh, I mean, I've eaten more chocolates in the last few days for no <laughs> reason. Um, there is no reason. It's not generally I don't eat chocolates in the week, but this disruption gives me an excuse to do things that I don't normally do. And because I have an excuse, I think this is um, okay. And then I go to bed and, and I feel uncomfortable. I don't feel good. And I believe, yes, we need to be calm, but the calm is only going to come if we have a disciplined approach to to, to attacking this situation. In terms of the self-discipline, are you talking about setting up a, a daily routine? I, th I think that this stage, um, now that we're in lockdown, people are realizing how little they actually have in their lives other than work and TV. How do you go about setting a routine or, or practicing self-discipline in this period when uh, up until now you didn't realize that uh, you, know, you had nothing else to fill your time? So this, this is very, very important. So firstly, I think people are extremely fearful 
people are extremely scared to to spend time by themselves or with themselves. I think that's 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 probably a better way of describing it. And if you see how people have pretty much not everybody, and and, and I'm, I'm, I'm 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 speaking about just what I've observed is the amount of alcohol people have bought with the food. So it was almost as important to make sure that during the three weeks they do not have to actually confront anything. Um, so I don't think there's any help in that. Firstly, you need to be comfortable with yourself, be comfortable with the fact that things have changed, and then find some sort of routine. I think their biggest thing that you have to worry about is, is, is falling into a slump, getting where anxiety and depression takes over. And it will be slow and it will be every day a little bit more and before you know it after three weeks. I think three weeks anybody can handle three weeks, but if we have to postpone it, if it goes a little bit longer than that, it's going to be very, very difficult. And it's like running a marathon. We all know that once we get to 41 kilometers, it's finished. But if someone tells you at 41 kilometers, sorry, at 60 kilometers or 80 kilometers, it can break your spirit completely. Even though you have the ability to do it, it's going to completely break your spirit. And I think if we're not prepared for that, um, we are going to see a huge amount of, of people struggling with depression and anxiety, especially children. I really found that before we closed the dojo, children were really struggling with anxiety, not understanding what this virus can do. To them, if you get it, you die. As adults, we are struggling with dealing with this, but we're speaking in front of the kids. They're seeing the TV. They, they are petrified, and we need to make very, very sure that children don't fall into the slump of depression and, and anxiety. Just because they're children doesn't mean that it's not affecting them. So for me, the three things that you need during this is exercise, I will always, always advocate exercise. Have a special little place. You do not need a big area. You do not need a lot of equipment. All you need to do is move. If you have stairs, there is endless amount of exercises you can do on a set of stairs. So having a set time that you do a little bit of exercise. And when I say exercise, that will be different for everybody. I think the best advice I've ever had is break a sweat every day. So break a little sweat. And this is going to get the endorphins running. This is going to change the way you see the rest of the day. The next thing for me is purpose, having some sort of purpose. And um, I think our biggest purpose in the last few years or our lives is to make money. And now we can't do that. This has been taken out of our control. And now we go, well, if I do something and I'm not going to get anything for it, is it worth doing? And that's an interesting question. So... I believe, uh, yes, 100%. Learn something new. Learn new skills. See, there is, there is no progression in giving up. You know, keep moving. So there's a very nice saying and I was that when you find yourself in the middle of hell, keep moving because there is no way you're going to get out of it if you stop moving. Mm. So I believe moving. Keep moving. Keep moving physically. Keep moving mentally. Obviously, reconsider your life, reconsider, take this time to reconsider. I've spoken to a lot of people who sadly feel that this is, this whole situation is more tolerable than their existing life. They, they've gone, well, yes, we're in a terrible situation at the moment, 
but I feel less stressed, I feel less anxiety than I did in my normal life. And I think a lot of us are going to realize that our normal life was not that comfortable. It was not, even though that's all we searched for was for comfort. So, yes, um, and then sleep. The importance of sleep, trying to get a good night's sleep. The whole world changes when you've had a good night's sleep. So exercise has some sort of purpose. Try and learn something new and, and, and some sleep, and um, you could probably get through this. So well, that's, that, that, that would be the main things I would, I would advocate. You've, you've got your three-step process now, uh, which is a great place to, to start. If people don't know how to get in touch with themselves or where to start on exercise, they, they haven't exercised for the last five or 15 years even. Do you have any resources? We've all had to move online. We've all had to start doing things and learning things online. And, and it is a great, great resource. So there is no excuse for not knowing how to exercise. If you type in the words home exercise, beginner's exercise, stretching, so there is no excuse anymore. In the past, you could say, I don't know where to start. We start with Google. We start with with trying to find some sort of resource that's going to work for us. The biggest problem is be honest. I mean, no one's watching. Don't go and get the most difficult um, exercise program and you have an exercise for years. This goes for everything. Trying to learn a new skill. So we've had to change the way we teach. We've had to decide very, very quickly, and it's amazing what we've done in a week, is to move our classes online. And we started off with producing videos. And in a matter of three or four days, we had more than 50 videos for all our different students, which we send out weekly. We had never done this before. We send programs to all our students. And then um, three nights ago, three days ago, we started online classes. And this is something that I'm very uncomfortable with, and I've been uncomfortable with for very, very long. And and I never thought that I would ever get into it. And I probably never would have if if the situation didn't call for it. It has been very successful, and we are learning something every day. So what I do is I go live at night at the same time, I give a class and then I re-watch the class and see all the mistakes we made and we try and then improve the next night. I spend the day working on how to give classes on YouTube, on, on Facebook. There are so many tutorials helping me make these decisions um, and trying to better every single day. So it's become a challenge. I've built a, I've taken a lounge that we lucky we had an extra lounge that we don't use. And I've changed it into a dojo. I've put a floor down, put pictures up. I've, I've created, in my view, a very, very good temporary dojo where I can train, where I can um, video and send all this information. So every day I'm trying to improve on that side of it now. And, and as I said, I would never, ever, ever have attempted this if I wasn't forced. I also had another choice. I could have sent a letter to all my students and tell them that this is out of my control. There is nothing I can do. We will get back to karate when we get back to karate. It's not my fault. Sorry. And and, and then that's taking a, a victim approach and, and going, well, the easy way out. Just blaming the situation where now I believe I'm still able to give some value to my students, still give them occupied for an hour a day and there is progression so 
this is choice. This is the choice you have. You can give up. Um, you can say it's not my fault. I'm not going to do it for three or four weeks. Or you can take this opportunity and learn a new skill and, 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 and see if your business can change to an online business. I mean, a physiotherapist, it's going to be extremely difficult for them. For instance, they have to be physically with, the, with their patients, etc. But you actually have to, have to investigate. Is there a way of carrying on with business in this lockdown? If this goes on for six months, we're in big trouble. And if you've been waiting and waiting because you think it's only 21 days, you could be found um, wanting at the end of those 21 days. Um, so, so yes, get off your butt, start <laughs> moving, and, and do something. There is no excuse. We are so blessed. I mean, I have a house. I have a roof over my head, I have food, and I have a garden. That is so much more than the average person in lockdown around the world. Mm. The average person in lockdown around the world is stuck in four walls. There is no garden. They can't go outside. So please, just look at your blessings. Look at what you still have. And if you have a garden, you have some heat, you have some food, we're still okay. Something that I've started doing um, as part of my kind of lockdown routine is every morning I have, as you said in your uh, previous um, podcast, I have my kind of 20 minutes quiet time before I get uh, going with my day. And just after I've sat for 20 minutes, I jot down in a journal one thing that I'm grateful for, because I think that gratitude is a, a great way to change your mindset and change the way you see things and, and change from a victim mindset to, to a mindset where you're actually feeling a little bit more in control of the situation. And you're quite right. We have so much to be grateful for. If, if I think of how many people are sitting in townships and that seven, eight, nine people in a small shack, I have a lot of space. I always used to consider that my house was pretty small, but I have a lot of space and we have distance between my partner and I. We can separate from the, for the day and not get on each other's nerves and, and a lot of small things to be grateful for. The fact that I can go and boil the kettle after our conversation, have another cup of tea. Um, a lot of people don't have access to that. So, um, you know, I find just jotting down a couple of thoughts in the morning um, of things that are worth being grateful for is a great way to get that positive mindset for the day as well. Uh, I, I, I can't say it better. Um, the fact that um, if you feel that you are a victim and, and you are being picked on by life and it's unfair, and you cannot see that you still are okay compared to 90% of the world. The fact is that the majority of us are in the top 2% or 3% of people in the world that have running water, that, have, that earn a reasonable salary, that have food, etc. And we need to put that in perspective. And sometimes we're just too lazy to put things in perspective. So I'm not sure if in the last podcast we spoke about this obsession with the majority of humanity in searching for comfort. And um, I think everything we do is we spend our time trying to buy more comfort. We, we want to make our life more comfortable. And the reason for that is the more comfort equals more happiness. The less we have to do or the easier our life is, the more um, benefits we are going to get out of it and we will be happier. So this idea that comfort equals happiness is one of the biggest problems I think we have as a generation. And 
there is no growth in comfort. The obsession with looking for comfort for everything in our lives. Everywhere we are trying to find the easiest way to do it. We want to not push ourselves in any way because that is taking ourselves out of our comfort zone and we are just trying to be comfortable. That is why, in my opinion, and, and obviously it's an uneducated opinion, there is so much depression, so much anxiety in this world is because people are comfortable and now they don't understand why they are not happy. So, especially in a situation like this, if you have not pushed your body, if you have not pushed your mind, if you have not pushed your spiritual side, you are going to struggle to deal with adversity. And adversity is always going to come. So, I believe personally that we shouldn't be searching for comfort, we should be searching for difficulty. We should be pushing ourselves, we should be trying to find ways to push ourselves so that we are challenged because there is nothing more beneficial to us than accomplishing something that we have done, something that was difficult, something that is not easy to do. And if we are able to do it, and sometimes it's just the path, sometimes we fail on the actual doing of it, but that's not as important as the path of training for the comrades, even if you don't do it. Even though the fact that you trained and you pushed yourself for the comrades, I'm using the comrades as, a, as an example, there, there is no fun in training for comrades or the Ironman or whatever you choose to train for. There is no fun in it. It is hard. But why do people come back to do it year after year? Because the sense of accomplishment is beneficial. And you do not get a sense of accomplishment when it's easy. So I think this obsession with making life easier is, is, is a big problem. And now that we're being tested as humanity, people are not used to not getting their way. So we are like spoiled little children who are not getting our way. We can't live our lives. We can't do what we want to do. And instead of taking this as a huge advantage and saying, right, what can I do? I think the people who have challenged themselves who have put themselves through some sort of difficulty through their own, or maybe they have um, through life, will be able to deal with this a lot easier. So yeah, I feel this obsession with comfort is, is a huge negative to us, and, and that struggle shouldn't be seen as this problem. When you get a struggle, when be it, be it uh, self-imposed or imposed like, uh, in this case, through the government or through, through, through the, the virus, we should be ready to deal with it and we should see it as a challenge and how we're going to get through it. And if we can get through this challenge and strongly, we're, we're going to be so much more comfortable knowing that if something else like this happens, we know how to deal with it. We mentioned, well, you mentioned earlier, you've kind of taken your business more into an online capacity. How do you think that this virus is going to affect the world in general? And um, you, in a personal capacity, once this lockdown is over, uh, there seems to be kind of a split in terms of people think everything's going to go back to normal and uh, this is just going to be a little blip on our, um, on our comfort scale, as you, as you mentioned. But other people are saying that this is going to change everything, that the whole face of business is going to change, that those that are not in the digital realm are going to struggle, face-to-face -face dealings are going to decline. I'd be interested to know your thoughts on how you feel or how you think this is going to change the way people interact um, in, in general. Pessimistic realistic and optimistic. I think that's, that's as I said, um, I'm a martial artist, I've, I've been trained 
to look at the enemy and analyze it and to say, well, what is the worst possible scenario? The worst possible scenario in my case is that I lose my business that I've built for um, in the last 30 years and has never, ever been through this kind of challenge. And realistic, I would say more than likely it will be a struggle to get back to where we were and hopefully in a year or so um, we will be back doing what we do. I, I think that's, that's probably the case in my personal business. Optimistically, this changes everything and I see the world and my business in a completely different way. Remember, uh, people will more than likely forget everything. People forget things very quickly. So even though this is going to have a huge effect, if it settles down, I do believe people are just going to go back to their, their, their comfort zone and go back to what they know. And only a few people will take this um, as a lesson because if it happens or when it happens again, uh, hopefully we'll be better prepared. So, yes, optimistically, I would love change. I would love to see that, that my business progresses and goes to an area where I have been uh, very nervous to go. So, yes, I've, I've, I've thought of all three. I, I've thought of going back to what I'm, I'm used to. Uh, almost that, that seems the worst one. Um, <laughs> even though our business is terrible, I do believe that something else will present itself. And we must, must believe that if we are open to opportunities, um, that something will present itself. But just going back to the norm, even though my norm is very nice, I mean, it's a great norm, <laughs> um, I would love to change things up. I have been very excited the last few days. The last week, I know it's probably not what other people have been, but I've been very excited to learn new things, to see what to do. Uh, the feedback that I've gotten from my students overseas. Now, obviously, I have students all over the world that have emigrated, and to hear from them, to hear that they're putting their karate suits on or just uh, getting in front of the computer and going through a class with me again and loving it, I've never even thought that they would enjoy that. I've never even gave them the opportunity to train with me overseas. I just thought that um, if they're not here in South Africa, there's nothing I can do for them. So I've been very excited. There's, there's, there's a lot of, of things that I would like to change. One of the things is, is the fact is that we don't need so much. Uh, we are really learning uh, that, that there's very little you need. You know, you can get by with, with a little bit of stuff and, and you can be okay. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, I've, I've looked at it as the most pessimistic, pessimistic. If that's the situation, it will be very sad. But I do believe something will present itself. I hope I have the discipline not to just go back to the norm. And, and, and optimistically, I really think this might be a change in our way of doing business. And um, it might, not from just a, um, none of this has been a monetary, uh, I'm not looking and going, oh, I could be richer, or I can do better, the business can do better. I just see it as a way to now teach people in a different way. Mm. Anyway, I'm sure that's going to have a lot of negatives, a lot of people complaining about the way I teach, or etc. I'm sure it's going to come with its problems, but right now it's pretty exciting, I must say. Just for an example, yeah. this evening I'll be teaching my nephew in England. So he's four years old and he's getting ready to do his first. Oh, cool. <laughs>
Sorry, I lost you. Uh, I said, that's awesome. You know, I, I do think that this period is kind of, well, I was chatting to my mom the other day, let's put it this way. And we were discussing how this whole situation is going to impact on relationships. You know, whether we're going to see a spike in divorce rate after this, or if families are actually going to reconnect and, and get closer together. So it's great to see at least the people that I've been interacting with um, asked to family overseas and, and it seems to have brought a lot of people closer together rather than... Oh, definitely. I think I've been on, spoken to my sister every day this week and she lives in England and, and sometimes we can go weeks without chatting. Yeah. So yes, definitely. I hope that people grow because I hope that spending time with somebody, even if it's forced at the moment, is beneficial and um, you see the importance of it. So from a social, from, from, from just a family point of view, you know, the fact is that the way we were carrying on, the way we were going on pre-COVID-19, um, I don't know if it was that good. I think everybody wants to go back to the way it was. I don't know if that's what you should strive for. I don't know if that should be your goal is to go back to what you had. You know, if, if, if it meant spending two hours a day in traffic, if it meant being eight hours away from home, it means spending one hour with your child and just doing homework and screaming at them because of homework. And I don't know if that's the way to do it. I, I don't know if our goal should be to go back to the way it was. I think we should try and do better. Everybody should try and do better and not get caught if things, if, if, if God willing, everything goes well and, and people start getting healthier. If you just go back to your old ways, I think we would have lost the lesson. And if we're not going to learn something from this, then, then really this is a, it's a horrible, horrible thing to go through. Mm. But if you can learn something, if you can better, I don't know, it's not always easy. Not everybody has the opportunity. Some people are only thinking about where's their next meal coming from. And uh, we're trying to improve our um, online uh, education. But it's not exactly the same thing, is it? Yeah, not easy, but exciting. And I mean that because right now it's not exciting for someone that has this illness or knows someone that has the illness. It's extremely serious. We need to have discipline so that we don't spread the illness. Mm. And if we don't have that, you know, if, if you get sick during this time, everything I've said is, is useless because the most important thing in your life is your health. And if we don't have our health, we cannot, like we spoke about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm. without health, we can't focus on anything else. So yes, look after yourself, you know, take vitamins, um, exercise. You know, strong lungs, do some breathing exercises, at least be active in the approach to if you get this sickness, you have the best chance. Although what I'm seeing is, is you, there is such a huge scale from getting a, a small little bit of a cough right through till, till the worst possible scenario and it doesn't seem to, um, to have a rhyme or reason why some people are getting it so badly and some people are, are, are getting it so um, lightly. So I don't know, at least you know the way I approach things is I go, well, let me get my immune system up, let me try and at least be prepared that if I do get it, I have the best chance of fighting it. Yeah. Obviously, it's not always in my control, but, but that's the way I see life.
I've covered everything that I um, wanted to ask you. I don't know if you'd like to maybe uh, open this up to people that may be watching on the live stream and if they have any specific questions, if you'd be comfortable uh, answering one or two. I mean, I can try. With pleasure. How do you suggest to help anxious children? Discipline. And that's discipline from a parent side of view. It is our responsibility to watch our words and our actions. Children do not listen to what you say. Just if you tell them, don't worry, all right? But all they see and hear when you speak with your friends or you're watching TV is they see that you are in so, so much anxiety. You are worried. That is how they react. So it is our responsibility as adults to shelter our children from these, um, this what is going on at the moment. Be very, very mindful of the words you use in front of them. We have this idea that if a child is sitting and watching TV, then we can have a conversation with each other and we can say, do you know uh, another 2,000 people died today? Or this person got COVID-19 and, and died. You think they're not listening. They hear every single word. So it is our responsibility as adults to filter the information these children get. The children do not have the social skills to deal with this problem. The, I mean, we don't have the, the, the skills to deal with it. How do you think in their little head they are going to deal with the fact? Now, if you get sick, you cough. Now they know that the symptoms is this. Now they not, might not ask you, hi, mom, do you have the illness? But they're going to think my mom's going to die. They do not have the skills. So yes, it's discipline. And it's discipline from the adult side. Be disciplined in how you approach it. Also, have fun with them. Play. Let them um, get their pens up. It is so difficult for children at the moment. It is not their fault. They don't understand what's going on. So please be patient with them and, and, and try and understand that this is not easy for them, even more so than, than, than it is for us. If they already have anxiety and if they're already worried about it, just hug them, just be with them, just love them, and hopefully that will be enough. But don't make it any worse. Another question, how would you suggest approaching trying to change your business? What steps did you take in the past few weeks? You mentioned, obviously, that you, um, you, you'd recorded videos and that kind of thing. Was there anything else that you did in terms of preparing your business? Uh, it all kind of happened quite suddenly. Well, it was very quickly. Um, what we have done is we've made contact with our customers. We've explained the situation to them. We've got uh, the backing from our customers that, or the understanding that, that things are difficult for everybody. So A, if our customers are looking after us, it is our responsibility to look after our customers if they no longer can support us. It does not mean that we just get rid of them. So we have made it very, very clear to our customers and to our students that if you look after us, we will look after you. I don't like saying it like that, but it is our responsibility to look after you. We are not going to uh, get rid of a student because they cannot pay. We are trying to show value. We are trying to show our customer base, our, pay, our students, the parents who pay, etc., that we are not sitting on our back doing nothing. We are trying to get better every week. So they are seeing this progression from sending a program to sending videos to now doing online. I don't know what I'll be doing next week, but I'll be trying something and showing value. 
And I think the majority of the people have found that very comforting. I have explained this situation. I have showed them how we are going to um, make up for these classes. And I've, I've been very, very proactive. So obviously we're going to have people who feel that it is not worth the um, investment. And I don't blame them because you have to make very, very serious decisions on how you're going to be spending your money. I think the majority of us have said that April will be okay. Everybody will be okay in April. May is going to be a different story. If we're going through this in May, June, July, there is going to be a different story and we are going to have to be ready for that. So yes, I've had to learn new skills, but most importantly, those new skills has to be communicated to your client base and you've got to speak to your client. And, 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 and if they're looking after you, be very, very certain to look after them. So that's, that's my, my answer on that side of things. Okay, cool. No other questions have come through. I'd like to, to round us off. To those that listen, thank you very much. I wish you good health and have faith. I'm sure everything will be different, but maybe it will be better. Awesome. Thanks again, Sensei. I, I appreciate the, the time that you've taken and yeah, all the best. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for the um, opportunity again. I enjoyed it. Follow the Business of Podcast on my website, megamillist.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Megamillist. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Megan Darcy, M-E-G-A-N-D apostrophe A-R-C-Y. Chat soon.